0: Christmas story from Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Reading from the New King James this morning. Let's read God's Word as we remain standing if you're able to. If you're not able to stand, stand up on the inside. Let's read God's Word, Luke 1, verse 26 to 38. Now the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and considered what matter of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Yeah. He'll be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever Amen. and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered her and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now her sixth month for her who was called barren with God Nothing is impossible. I want you to read that with me. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Let it sink in. Let's say it one more time. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, we thank you for the prayer and worship and all that's taken place. We're so grateful. We ask now that you would move in power. In this remaining portion of now, this second service here, that our hearts would be changed. That we'd be impacted. That you would release all that's in your heart towards us. Have your will. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'd encourage you to take notes on this very simple Christian Christmas message. Those words really just shown out to me like a neon sign. For with God, nothing is impossible. I think it'd be worthy of saying it again. For with God, nothing is impossible. Or nothing's impossible with God. You can do all things through Him. And this really is the meaning of Christmas. What a story this is. And what a message for a pessimistic age in which we live. A pessimistic, humanistic, apathetic, lethargic age that has grown cold towards the Lord for many. I I love Christmas. He wasn't born on December 25th either, but I love the celebration of Jesus' birth and, of course, Easter time where we celebrate his resurrection. It's amazing, and it's an amazing message for a pessimistic age in which we live, as I said. Genesis 18, let me give you some scripture about, with God, nothing being impossible. Genesis 18, 14 says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? The answer is no. Job 42.2, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours will be withheld from you. How many of you know God can do everything? Yeah. Jeremiah 32.17, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you, King James, nothing too hard for thee goes on to say Luke 18 27 but he said the things which are impossible with men are possible with God God can do anything God is more than able his arms are not too short what I love about him if it's lost he can find it if it's broken he can fix it if it's sick he can heal it and if it's dead he can raise it up he's God all by himself he doesn't need any help And the Christmas message is this, that God stepped out of eternity into time and space and was born a a humble baby in a manger. Wow, kind of amazing. By a virgin. That's impossible. Exactly. Because with God, nothing is impossible. So how do we allow for God's power to be demonstrated in the world? God's power certainly demonstrated through the Christmas message. And, and you can read scholars like Josephus and different ones. This, this story uh, of Jesus being born in the manger and and uh, in Bethlehem and all of this, the events of the life of Christ take place in an area about the size of Rhode Island. You can go to Bethlehem today and, and be moved by... Well, the religiosity for sure. But the amount of devotion in this place, I mean, it was it happened in a small little town. It wasn't something that's across the world for us, but it all took place in front of of people that all knew each other. Kind of amazing. How do we allow for God's power to be demonstrated in our little town, in our state, in our nation? How do we see God move in power in situations that have been deemed impossible? By doctors, perhaps, by economists, or by the naysayers and those who would look down their educated noses and say, "Well, that's impossible." You know, our building—our building was considered impossible by a banker. I, I sat with a banker who laughed at me, and he said, "You want a what? you going to build a building like that in in what, I said, "Yeah." He said, "No way." What's the square footage? Yeah. I told him the whole square footage. I told him the whole thing. Showed him the plans. And he says, in Wasilla. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and like he had to get a hold of himself. I'm just thinking, this. I've heard, I've read stuff about this in books. Where they laughed at the guy with the vision and the faith. Or should I say the group of people with vision and faith. Like they laughed at me almost to scorn. But I realized, huh, meeting over. Meaning over, we shook hands. I wonder what he's thinking right about now. <laughs> Just saying. We don't wish no evil. God knows I've been on the other side of not believing. I've been, on the, I've been in the place where I had filled with unbelief, faced an impossibility, and then God blew my mind. And then I've been in the place of impossibility and watched it fail and crumble. And then I, I realized that, that there wouldn't be any building if there wasn't a group of people that are believing that with God, nothing's impossible. And we said, I had somebody say to me, oh, you're, you're from that rich church. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> See, that's the perception. If you're building a building like that, then you must be rich. And now in your own heart, you're like, what? Yeah, we are actually because God's for us. So when we hate, He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. God, God is doing this amazing thing. With God, nothing's impossible. Say it. With God, nothing's impossible. So how do, you, how do we, like Mary, receive the impossibility and made possible? How? Well, there's a couple things, and here you go. Number one, find favor with God. We have God's favor. He said, that sounds arrogant. I know, right, righteous boldness sounds arrogant at times. We have God's favor, not for any righteous act of our own, except for the likes of, I mean, come on. God used a donkey. He can use me. Oh, oh, oh. He can use you. King James has another name for that. But I'm saying God can use anybody. Some of you obviously don't read your King James, but you got to find favor with God. Number one, find favor with God. Mary, here, verse 28. Come on, we're going to look right at the text. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. I mean, that's how she's greeted. She's not like, Rejoice, Mary. She's rejoice, highly favored one she's so favored by god that in heaven they know her as the highly favored one highly favored because she's going to birth forth the messiah miraculously but you can have favor with god something that she did got the attention of heaven she wasn't sovereignly picked because she was slovenly and and disrespectful and filled with sin i'm just telling you she's a woman of god she's a woman of god and god chose her amazing do you know God's chosen you? You say, no, no, yeah, you might chose somebody else. Y'all just lucky. I don't believe in luck. I believe in favor. And God chose you. In John 15, he says, I've chosen you and appointed you to bear forth fruit. Come on, you've chosen because you're alive at this time in history. The greatest time in history, you're alive. Wow, everybody say favor. Yeah. When you live for God, He'll put favor on you. Mary had favor. We're talking about seeing that which is impossible with men become possible with God. Number one, you gotta have favor. Everybody say, I got the favor. Got the favor. All right. Number two, you gotta surrender to God's will. Yeah. What? Surrender to his will. Yeah, Mary could have said no. Now that might mess with some of your theology and think, no, she couldn't. She couldn't have said no. No, she could have said no. Look at verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word and the angel departed from her, she could have said no. She had a free will. The person next to you has a free will. Everybody said, well, it's just God's will, so it's going to happen. No, that's not even a biblical idea. Now, there are certain things that will happen, that it's God's will, that in His sovereignty, He has deemed that that will happen. No matter what anybody else does, that's going to take place. Like the return, the soon eminent return of Christ. He's going to return. So we could all backslide straight to hell today, and He's still coming. And yet the promises that you have over your life are are conditional. There's unconditional promises, the eminent return of Christ being an example, and the conditional promises of God. All right? So you get God speaks to you, you're gonna, you know, go to Botswana and be a great missionary, and you got prophesied over, and God confirmed that in his word, and you've dreamed about Botswana since you were knee-high to a grasshopper. And okay. I would say, all right, you know in your heart that Botswana is the call of God. Wonderful. And, and, and you're moving forward in that. That's going to happen. Unless, of course, you turn your back, curse God, and, and go serve the devil. Then you ain't going to Botswana for Jesus. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Okay, so you can apply that to every aspect of your life. Talking about bringing the possible out of impossible situations. One, find favor. Two, you've got to surrender to God's will. You must surrender to his will. God God is looking for someone to move through. He's looking for a people to flow through. He's looking for somebody who would surrender. Mary said yes. We oftentimes forget that God's looking for us to align with him. Abraham believed God, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Abraham did what? He believed. What was his job? Believe. It it wasn't just like Abraham came and God made him do it. A lot of people think that God's just going to do it. No, God ain't just going to do it you got to line your carcass up with His will. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, the manifestation of God's power in this community, there has to there has to be in your family. Let's just say it that way. There has to be a yes in your spirit, a surrender to God, a surrender to His word. There has to be a yes. Thirdly, you got to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. Verse 35, the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One who's to be born, will be called the Son of God. The power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. You can't get away from the fact. I mean, first of all, there's no more immaculate conceptions. Does everybody understand like that? That can't happen anymore. It only happened once in history. All right. So the Holy Spirit overshadowed. Some of you might get that on the way home. The Holy Spirit overshadowed. The power of the Most High comes over her, and she is somehow impregnated supernaturally by the power of God. It's a picture that God, by the power of his Spirit, can move through you and touch and change and do miracles. He can do miracles for you. She had to agree. She had to partner, and we have to look for the power of the Holy Spirit to fill us. The same thing. Do you understand the, the, the parallel? In Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Holy Spirit was poured out It's it's an answer to prayer of Joel chapter 2 that says it'll come to pass afterwards that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, if you look at the context of Joel 2, the context of Joel 2 is that there's this prayer meeting, you know, rend your heart, not your garments, come to me with weeping, fasting, prayer, and afterwards I'll pour out my spirit. It's It's a direct correlation to prayer and a prayer meeting, a prayer movement, and the outpouring of God's spirit. They're directly related. And so in Acts chapter 2, I'm going to tell you what they're doing for 10 days. Jesus crucified, resurrected. He goes up to heaven. And he says, Tarry, wait in Jerusalem until you'll endure this power. So they go back and they have in their life group in the upper room, they have a prayer meeting that lasts 10 days. Understand they're terrified of being crucified themselves. It is not a happy situation for them. And they're looking for God's power. And when God's power came, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, there came a sound of a mighty rushing wind and they were all filled with the holy spirit and what was a cursing fisherman came out and preached till five thousand people got saved now i'm just going to tell you a cursing fisherman afraid of going out to talk to anybody filled with something that changed him so much so that when he came out he couldn't help but declare proclaim and preach and people were like who is this Jesus I need to receive him that boldness the power of the Holy Spirit we're going to see God's favor you're going to see the impossible become possible with God number 1 you need God's favor number 2 you need to surrender you got to say yes you got to surrender to him come on someone say I'm going to surrender surrender and you need the power of the Holy Spirit we are a spirit filled church Unashamed. We had somebody come this morning to our first service. I think it was their first time here. And when the, the uh, they were invited, and they were curious about our church, there's lots of folks asking questions as that big, beautiful thing is on the hill. And so the the guest said, "Are they, are they going to like? Are they going to like lay hands all over me and put oil on my head and stuff like that?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> You're like, I don't know, like, what part of the service is that guy having You're just kind of nervous and curious. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We're not ashamed of the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we will preach, pray, prophesy, let all the gifts be manifested here and decently and in order. All right, but we're not going to have them in some back room. We want the power of the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you, you will not have the kind of miracle power in your life Unless you have the power of the Spirit in your life, so important that the Apostle Paul, when meeting some seemingly believers outside of Ephesus, not knowing the Apostle did not know that they were believers in John's baptism, meaning the repentance uh, baptism of repentance. They had not been born again yet, but he thought they were, and he says, "Hey, what's up? What's up, bro? You received the Holy Spirit since you believed." And they're like, what? We what? 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 What Holy Spirit? We he even heard there was anything a holy what, and he's like, oh, like I thought you guys were saved. Is it get saved? And then he laid hands on them and they get filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. So important, so important that now we don't run around asking people what church are you from. Oh, Church of the Firstborn of Zion. Oh, right, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. That'd be kind of rude because there's theological different differences and things, and we we lovingly respect and honor that. But I'm just going to tell you here. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I believe without the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's hard to get people off of crystal meth without some power. Crystal meth has, there is demon power, and then there's God's power, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the same God that raised Lazarus from the dead can raise that person who's addicted that can heal that person who's broken the same power that 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 raised that little girl Jairus's daughter from the dead can can raise somebody from the dead too even today I don't know about that well maybe you just need to read your Bible and believe come on believe these signs will follow them that believe they they'll lay hands on the sick and they shout we're going to see miracles take place we're in the midst of them they happen every week every week there's miracles and our building is it I mean you said it as you prayed Reverend Dale, you, you know, I mean, it's a statement that God's moving in the earth. People in their mind think, oh, there's just some really wealthy person that's paying for that. It's all the likes of us little people believing God and God doing, oh, so many miracles. We're right. There's a miracle board on the, on the job site. You go to the job and you see all these sticky notes of all the miracles that took place got this at half off, this thing was donated, this didn't happen, engineering got changed, saved us half a million dollars. I mean, on and on and on and on and on and on. But you never see that unless you, unless you what? Unless you have favor, unless you surrender, and you need the fire. The fire. Everybody say fire. fire. All right, woo. Well, I kind of felt it from you there. But let's try that again. Ready to do fire on three. One, two, three. with all your heart. Ready? One, two, three. Fire! <laughs> That's kind of fun. People are like looking for the exit. Where? Come on, allow the Holy Spirit to, to fill you. Fourthly, be encouraged what God has done through others. I get this from verse 38. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative is also conceived a son in their old age. Now this is John the Baptist that he's talking about. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. So here's Elizabeth and and Zechariah, who are devout. And you can read this in Luke uh, 2, I believe it is. Or is it Luke 1? It's in the Bible. Okay. So so Zechariah goes to burn incense, and the angel appears and says, Oh yeah, you know that prayer you used to pray? It's been heard, and your wife is going to be pregnant, and you're going to have a son, and you're going to call him John. And he's like, how do you... How do I know that's true? And he actually is judged for his unbelief. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've preached this before. He he can't believe because the deepest hurt in his life was that God didn't come through for him in the timely fashion. He's old. His wife is old. Do we need to describe that? We need to have a biology class right now. It, all the plumbing ain't working to have kids anymore. You understand? It ain't working. Okay, but with God, <laughs> all things are possible. <laughs> okay, so so he can't believe because of the, the, the evidence of their age, and he's rebuked, and he's made a mute. Yeah. You won't speak now, but he's like, man, I'm the, aunt. shut up. You won't even get to talk now until the miracle comes. He gets really rebuked. Yeah. So now she's pregnant six months, and the angel appears to Mary, right? She has favor. She surrenders. The power of the Holy Spirit comes, is going to come over her, and then direction is, go find Elizabeth. You need to be with people that will encourage you for what God has done in their life and what God has done in yours. You need to look for people. Come on, some of you got friends that are naysayers, backstabbers, bellyachers, complainers, murmurers, and grumblers. And you wonder why you're just constantly trying to overcome. And that's like your husband. (laughs) Or your wife. You need to get healed, and you need to learn to. And but b- b- the time of healing for your husband or your wife or maybe your kids, you you've got to connect with people that'll sh- be of like heart and like mindedness, so that you can see the miracles. You know how incredible it would have been for Mary to show up as she sees Elizabeth, and 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 the prophetic word over Elizabeth was, "You'll you'll be filled with the Spirit in in your womb." So Mary shows up, and whoo! I think it was something like that. And then she prophesied. And do you imagine the encouragement? And then she could believe. Oh, yeah. And she prophesied about the Messiah. It's totally amazing. Find somebody that will stand with you. If you're going to see the impossible come possible with God, you need his favor. You need to surrender to his will. Come on, God can't bless no mess. If you don't surrender and do God's will, don't be mad at God when it doesn't come through when you all all smoking dope or getting smoking crack, you get all jacked up. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here and preach. I'm going to go over here. So you want all of God's blessing, but you don't want to do it his way. And then you complain. I know none of you guys. Maybe they're over here. Maybe they're over here. (laughs) You want all of God's blessing, but you you don't want to live for him. You don't want to obey his word. You don't want to tithe. You don't want to give. You don't want to pray. You don't want to go to church. You just want to show up and just bless me, God. Because you just don't love me. Then you... I guess you don't... I don't believe in God. Well, give me a break. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to connect with people that will encourage you and stand with you, contending as one man for the faith. Find somebody that will believe with you so that the mountain will move. Yes. Lastly, believe. Believe. You've got to believe. The, the word in the Greek is pistis. It's, it's connected with faith. It's believe, faith, same word. It's a confident assurance of what you cannot see. It's believe, believe. Smith Wigglesworth, a revivalist in a bygone era, would sing songs only believe. And he was very, he, he was a plumber. At 40 years old, he was called into the ministry. I mean, these amazing miracles that God did through him. One of the things he would do is remove everybody from the room that didn't believe. And he would just offend them. I feel unbelief in the room. If you're not believing, get out. Yeah, and then he'd like, you see tumors fall off and fall on the floor and people get set free and delivered. Come on, God wants to use you. God wants to use me. God wants to use us to see his power demonstrated and that which is impossible with man is possible with God. How? By favor. Living for God, you'll have favor. Number two, surrendering to His will, doing what He says that you should do. Amen. Can you say Amen? amen. Number three, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you. You got to be filled every day, every every day. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Fresh oil every day. Fresh manna, every day. Manna only lasted one day. After that, it was rotten. You got to get fresh manna every day. Number four, be encouraged by what others have done and encourage others by what God has done. I love hearing testimonies. I love hearing testimonies of breakthrough, provision, and healing. Why? Because it just stirs my faith. Find somebody you can connect with. Amen. And believe. Believe. I told this story, it impacted a bunch of people. and I've just got a couple minutes and our children are gonna be coming in here. I've got three minutes to land the plane. So let me just tell you this story in about 90 seconds. When I baptized years ago, I used to use, and I still talk about it, but I don't ever take my wedding band off. My wedding band is a picture of the vows that I made before God and before my wife till death do us part. So I'm never going to be divorced. I will never be divorced. And I know that divorce comes, and there are reasons for that. It's just not going to happen to me in Jesus' name. I'm not believing for that. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. We're going to work it out and get over it. We had a couple celebrating 55 years of marital bliss. He said, what's the secret? Pray and give a lot of grace. Then the husband said, obey your wife. I said, There's marriage seminar for you right there. <laughs> Amen. Man, it's ahead of the house. The wife's the neck, homie. The wife's the neck. Don't forget it. All right. <laughs> Come on, say, you know that's right. Say, you know that's right. And then put a homie on the end. Homie. All right, good. Story. I got two minutes, Pastor Kirsten. Two minutes. I got two minutes, Pastor Kirsten. All right. So I was baptizing some folks in in, uh, in Kauai, and we are baptizing in the ocean, and a, a, a girl showed up a little bit late, and I was talking. We are giving their baptism teaching while we're in the ocean, you know, up to the hips. I pulled my wedding band off to say, now my wedding band is a picture just like I said to you. And I said, and baptism is a picture, an outward sign of what's taking place on the inside. You've received Jesus, yes. You can live for him all of your life, yes. And then I fumbled my ring, and it fell in the ocean. That's pretty clear. I could see it sparkling in the sand. And I'm like, oh, hold on. So I'm like, my ring, my ring, my ring. I'm like, I've almost got it, and I get hit by a wave. Sand goes over it, and it disappears. Now, what what you don't know, but I'll tell you, my wedding band is the most important physical thing I own. I would rather lose my truck than lose my wedding band. I you say, well, it's not like that for me, I'm on my third one. Okay, but for me, I'm just telling you, we sacrificed, <laughs> we sacrificed to buy these things. We, we believed God, I bought it from Tiffany. I don't know, I wanted the Tiffany ring, we saved our money, put all the little peanuts together and bought we bought our rings, you know? And it was, a, it was all the money we had when we did it. So it, it was important to me. I lost it, I looked for it for 15 minutes, realized the girl's still standing there waiting to be baptized. <laughs> And thought, oh, oh, Jesus, okay. So we baptized her and then get back to looking. The church was on the beach. Pastor Vince was there. I think Minister Ava was there. Everybody's looking for pastor's ring in the beach. It's gone, man. And some some young kid who is, you know, a zealous junior hire says as he's coming, I'm going to find a pastor. I'm going to find that ring. I know how to find a ring. and I'm going to find lots of stuff. I don't know where it is. And he just kind of walks right through the search zone, which is like that idea with sand, you know so I'm like God God bless you I'm sure you are because now it's gone you know search party people coming out people talking about getting us you know metal detectors the Lord speaks to me and says "Um, is that an idol for you son I was like maybe I start crying I'm broken my wife's crying it was a big deal I walked out to the ocean I said Lord he said let it go I said, okay. if You can get another one, right? I said, yeah, I can get another one. Let it go. I'll let it go. No sooner heard. That same, I'm going to find a The same junior hire. The same junior hire from the beach says, is this it? I'm like, obviously not. I'm walking towards him. I'm going to, like 25 yards, 30 yards. I'm walking. I think I found your ring, pastor. He said, the, he's not even in the search zone. You know, he's up on the beach. I walk up. And I go, what are you talking about? And he, he has this ring. And I look, and it's like, to my amazement, this kid's holding my wedding band. I grabbed it, and I kissed him. You know, a holy kiss on the cheek. I said, I love you. Oh, thank you, God. Do you know, I saw him about five years ago. He's a virtuoso, a piano or violin, I forget which one. And he plays in Philharmonic in Kansas City. He's an amazing musician. And I got to ask him about that. And I said, because I thought he was lying. I thought he found it right when he went over it and hit it to be a hero. No, really. I forgive my unbelief. I'm just saying that's when I thought he was a little liar and he's trying to get, you know, be cool. So I said, I said, you know when you found that ring? He said, Oh yeah, I remember that. That was amazing. Because when he was a little kid and I asked him, How did that happen? He said, I heard a voice that said, just go in and turn around. And so I went in and turned around. And he said, I then I heard the same voice and said, reach down into the sand. And I reached down into the sand and I found your ring. So that's the story he told me when he was a little kid. So I see him five years ago or so. And I said, man, do you remember that? He says, oh, yeah, that was awesome. I said, tell me how that happened again. He said, man, I heard a voice. Now he's a man now. He's 20 something years old, 27 years old or whatever. He said, I heard a voice and said, just go in. And I did. He said, turn around. And he told me the same story. And, and, and I found your ring. That was amazing. I said, that is amazing. He said, yeah, that's what happened. I said, whoa. You know why? With God. Nothing. Nothing. Not one thing. Not one thing. Imp- All things are possible. Come on. Stand up on your feet and say we. Ah!